No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the enemies of the Jews try to distract and intimidate Nehemiah. A spy even tries to make him afraid. It's a good lesson on how to overcome fear. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Nehemiah chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. We continue today in Nehemiah chapter 6. Now it happened when Sembalat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors and the gates, that Sembalat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. The wall of Jerusalem was nearly completed. So far, the enemy's direct assaults had proven unsuccessful. Therefore, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem changed their strategy. Rather than seeking to destroy the Jews, they would distract them. They would draw Nehemiah away from the work onto their turf with the intention to harm him. They requested that Nehemiah meet them in the plain of Ono. And the plain of Ono was about 20 miles north of Jerusalem in a beautiful green valley. It was like they were saying, come on, Nehemiah, you could use a little R&R. Take a breather. Let's do lunch. We'll meet you halfway. Let's make a deal. This is always how the devil works. If he can't intimidate us to quit living for Christ, then he will tempt us to compromise. The offer sounds harmless enough, and we could easily rationalize it. But Nehemiah had discernment, and when they wanted him to come to the plain of Ono, he said, Oh no. He knew that they were intending to do him harm. Discernment is a grace gift, and it's essential for a godly leader. Discernment allows you to read between the lines and perceive the motives of others. We must learn to discern so that we are not deceived. I love Nehemiah's response. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Nehemiah refused to be pulled away from the work to which he knew the Lord had called him. He could say no to this distraction because he knew he was serving God. Now, are you convinced that you're doing a great work for God, a work that he has called you to? Knowing your calling empowers you to say no to lesser things. I'll tell you that just to do this job on the radio, to bring the word, I believe that God has called me to do this and also to teach at our church, but it means that I have to say no to a lot of invitations to a lot of things. Now, unwilling to accept no for an answer, the enemy sent the same invitation four times. Each time, Nehemiah responded the same way. 
If it were wrong for him to meet with them the first time, then subsequent invitations wouldn't make it right. Nehemiah held to his convictions. Then Sembalat sent his servant to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall, that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, let us consult together. To this point, the invitations had been private, but now they crafted an open letter. It was the equivalent of posting it on Facebook or YouTube. They wanted to slander Nehemiah before his fellow Jews and cause them to doubt his integrity or the effectiveness of his plan. They hoped to incite Nehemiah's people to pressure him from the inside. The accusations they were hurling were nothing more than rumors, and rumors can never be traced to their source. But they have the power to go right to the heart of a person. Proverbs 18.8 says the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. Now, they accused Nehemiah of planning a rebellion against King Artaxerxes with the intention of proclaiming himself to be king. These were very serious charges, and they threatened to take them to the king if Nehemiah didn't meet with them. That was blackmail. Has anyone ever tried to manipulate you through intimidation? Manipulation is defined as taking away a person's right to say no. People who manipulate are sick. Those who use intimidation to manipulate are bullies. Then I sent to him saying, no such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. You know, Nehemiah could have ignored these slanderous accusations and threats. Instead, he denied them and accused his enemies of making them up. Nehemiah knew that they were trying to make him afraid so that the work on the wall wouldn't be completed. So he resisted this attempt by the enemy to make him afraid. The devil often uses fear against God's people. He makes us afraid to open our mouths, to speak out against what is wrong, or to speak up for what is right. He intimidates us to remain silent rather than speaking to others about Christ. We must resist such fear tactics from the enemy's camp. Instead, we must believe that we will overcome, for the one who is in us is greater than him. Our cause is great, and the words of our Lord are great. If we trust God, then we need not be afraid. Finally, Nehemiah prayed, O oh God, strengthen my hands. When you are accused and threatened, do you try to deal with it yourself or do you bring it to God? Are you discouraged and paralyzed so that you stop your work or do you pray for God's strength to continue it? Once again, Nehemiah is a great example of a leader to us. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deleah, the son of Mehetabel, who was a secret informer. 
And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. Now, who is this Shemaiah anyway? He was probably a priest because he had temple access and likely Nehemiah knew him because Nehemiah went to his house. But Nehemiah also identifies him as a secret informer, or in other words, a spy. Did Nehemiah know this at the time, or did he figure it out later? Now, Shemaiah told Nehemiah that there was a death threat on his life and enticed him to come with him to hide in the temple. The problem was that under the law of Moses, no one was allowed in the temple except the priests. When King Uzziah entered the temple to burn incense, he was struck with leprosy. So Nehemiah replied, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sembalat had hired him. For this reason he was hired, that I should be afraid and act that way in sin, so that they might have cause for an evil report, that they might reproach me. You've got to love Nehemiah's answer. He was a man who clearly understood who he was, how inappropriate it would be for him to run away from danger. As governor, the people needed to see him, and if there was an attack from the enemy, then he needed to be out in front protecting his people and their city. But Nehemiah was also a good shepherd. Jesus said that when a wolf comes, the hireling runs away because he doesn't care for the sheep. But the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. If the enemy was coming to kill Nehemiah, then he would face him, remember God, and fight for the people. Once again, Nehemiah discerned that God had not sent Shemaiah and that he was a false prophet. How did Nehemiah know this? Only the priests were allowed to go inside the temple. According to Numbers 18.7, an outsider who entered would be put to death. If Nehemiah met Shemaiah in the temple, he would have sinned, and that would have given the enemy ammo to spread an evil report against him. Nehemiah also discerned that Shemaiah had been hired by Sembalat and Tobiah. He was a traitor. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambalat according to these, their words, and the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. Once again, Nehemiah took the matter to the Lord in prayer. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elal in 52 days. What they had not been able to do in 90 years, Nehemiah under the power of God, was able to do in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God. And so their victory in completing this wall was the enemy's defeat. It brought them to discouragement and God received the glory. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Jehohanan 
had married the daughter Mishalam, the son of Berechiah. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Now, the nobles of Judah should have known better. Instead, they were disloyal to Nehemiah and to their fellow Jews and were sending letters to Tobiah, the enemy. They, were, they made a pact with him. And the reason they did is because they were intermarried into his family. There was a Jewish man who gave his daughter to marry Tobiah, and then Tobiah's son was married to another Jewish man's daughter. And so this intermarriage caused them to compromise with Tobiah, and their loyalties were divided, and therefore they continued to tell Nehemiah, oh, Tobiah is not such a bad guy, and report all of his good deeds. But the problem was they should have drawn the line and considered Tobiah an enemy and had nothing to do with him. Now we look at that and we have to also say, you know what? We have issues like this in the church. We can compromise with the world and make unholy alliances. James tells us that if we befriend the world, we are an enemy of God. John tells us that if we love the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. We must beware of these unholy alliances that compromise our loyalty to God. Remember, if the devil can't beat you with a frontal assault, then he'll try to get a foothold in your life and mess you up from the inside out. Don't let him do that. Instead, separate yourself from those things. Keep your eye on the Lord and complete the work. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208 319 4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow, we'll see where Nehemiah the priest reads the law while the Levites give the understanding. When the people start to mourn because of their sins, Nehemiah tells them that the joy of the Lord is their strength. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Nehemiah on Simply the Bible.